20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Peratch. Joined as always by Dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher. What is going on, guys? Uh, I don't know if you've checked Twitter, but there's a. There's something going on. The Packers signed, uh, re-signed somebody. Have you seen? Have you seen the news, Dusty? Did you see what happened? I did. There's um, uh, like tell, like Kevin King resigned. I think everyone's really happy about it, which is great. I mean, it was I like that's, it was like great. Yeah, it was like seventeen million dollars. Like they just threw all the money at him. Fully guaranteed is the thing. Like it's exactly. it's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, good for them. Good for them. Good for him. It's, it's a good deal all the way around. I'm I'm very happy. We're all happy. And, and you know, Twitter uh, just responded really well to all of that. So I mean, Sarah. Yeah. This is like the most positive I've seen Twitter since the Packers <laughs> drafted Jordan Love. I mean, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I like, I wanted to wait a little bit and see how you guys are doing before I jumped into it, but it was just, it's just right there. And Packers Twitter went insane today after Kevin King uh, got re signed for $6 million. We will. We will see what the actual number is so everybody can pump their brakes and calm down a little bit. We've we've already heard that number is probably closer to one to two million plus a whole bunch of incentives. So if he plays well, that's awesome. But you can fully expect the Packers to draft somebody, draft two people at cornerback and, you know, potentially even still make a move at cornerback. So, uh, yeah, man, it was it was wild. I, I legit saw the news. I think it was like nine, nine a.m. ish, and I was like, "Yep, I'm done with Twitter for for today. Like, I'm just, I'm just done. I'm, I'm logging off. I don't want to see this." And just a lot of, a lot of bad takes there today. So, um, but overall, Dusty, outside of the comedy side of it, what is your take on Kevin King coming back to the Packers? I got a couple. I mean, for the most part, I, I kind of assumed this was going to happen. I mean, I, I don't know the, the specific deal. Like we said, we, we said, Steve, we don't really know where the money's shaking out. It's $6 million, but we assume it's not fully guaranteed. We feel it, it's incentive-laden. The assumption on my part all along has been, well, they will likely – it's a deep cornerback draft. I assume they're taking, you know, at least two in the first few rounds, I would assume – with the hope of getting those guys along. And it, I mean, we all know it's kind of that that's, I talk about tight ends a lot. Cornerbacks kind of a tough position to transition into. So it takes a year or two generally for a cornerback to get up to speed, not all the time. And actually it seems like that learning curve is kind of is down from what it used to be, but you don't expect a rookie corner, especially a second or third round guy to come in and be a starter right away. So Kings, this seems like a, okay, this guy, he's in here. Uh, he kind of you know knows what he's doing a little bit. He's he's inconsistent. I know that the NFC Championship game kind of negatively colors what he did last year, but it's kind of that bridge guy. It's a one year deal that likely means they're going to be looking at you know drafting a guy or two in the draft and using King as that bridge guy, and then he likely will not be around past that. So I mean, I think for a bridge guy for that deal, it's fine. I mean, it's you know I think there are other guys out there. You know and. Granted, it's, it's the Packers, so I can't bring not bring him up. Like someone like Casey Hayward is out there. Like I think Casey Hayward, I'd kind of rather have than King, especially given King's health health issues and all that stuff. But another thing that I've seen kind of coming out that that is really hard to ignore. A lot of his teammates are really excited to see that he's back. Like I know like Kenny Clark and Adrian Amos and a handful of other guys have been like. Yeah, Kevin King's back. Like they seem very happy about it. I think that's you know, granted his play on the field kind of has to back up why he's there, but I think. 
he's obviously just just based on some of the stuff. He's well-loved in the locker room. So I think bringing a guy like that back, even if it's just on a one-year bridge deal that that guy seemed to love, I think there's something to that in terms of trying to build that culture with a new defensive coordinator in the locker room there as well. I mean, I think, I think there's something to that. So I don't, you know, I'm not in love with it, but it seems it's it's I, to me it's not unexpected, and I think you know there's there's some good some good that can certainly come out of it. For as bad as he played in that last game, it's not like he was garbage his entire career. Like he's put some good stuff out there. So I think it's just a matter of you know, may, hopefully being a little consistent, and if not, like just bring some of those young guys along. I think. Yeah, absolutely. The worst time ever for his worst worst game ever. Yeah. But uh, overall, like he he normally when healthy is a a very solid number two cornerback. So, uh, Sarah, what were your thoughts? I mean, I I was kind of just scrolling on Twitter and I during my lunch break and I saw this and I went, well, oh, read the terms. Okay. So I mean, I think if it was anything more than one year and there was a lot of money on the table, then yeah, I think a couple red flags would have gone up for me and I would have said, hmm, I don't know. But I I just think, you know, there isn't like a lot of risk here for the Packers. This is someone that, you know, has been on the team for a while. Clearly guys like him in the locker room. I know um, Amos tweeted that he was really excited that he was staying. So it just shows like he's likable in the locker room. And like Dusty said, he had his worst game at the worst possible time. And I think, you know, that's really going to kind of taint his reputation for a bit, but I don't think that defines who he is completely as a player. So we'll see how it goes. It's one year. It's not a super long-term commitment and they can kind of Packers can kind of just see how it goes, but I don't think it's anything shocking. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a move like you see all the cornerback moves that were made, and it was like, oh my god, Kyle Fuller, oh my god, Dory Jackson, like those they slipped through the Packers' hands. They should have been doing the. Like, no, those dudes were signed for like thirteen, fourteen yeah. million dollars a year, nine, ten million dollars a year. Like that's not something the Packers can do, and this most likely the way that it's structured is going to be a very low, low, low deal for a cap hit and. If Kevin King plays his ass off and has like six, seven interceptions, makes the Pro Bowl, like all those things, they can boost him all the way up to $6 million a year. So I think it's a smart move. I think the Packers will, like Dusty said, you know, most likely two, three, even four. I mean, they have they have ten draft picks this this draft. So I wouldn't be shocked if they this is the year that they take a uh, cornerback and throw multiple draft picks at it. So that, that will definitely be something to watch. Um, other news for the Packers. There were a couple of restructures that were found out today. Adrian Amos, Mason Crosby. It, we don't know a lot right now. Uh, looks like they added voidable years to their deal. So kind of reminiscent of the uh, Taysom Hill deal down in new Orleans. So, we're still working to figure out exactly how that all works. So I'm guessing the only thing it does is help the Packers get under the salary cap. But, uh, you know, Ken Inglis uh, is always on top of it. So follow him at Ken, Ing- at Ken Inglis to uh, get get some info on that one. Um, we did reach out to him to see if the Packers restructured uh, Aaron Rodgers' contract, if he wanted to jump on tonight. And I quote, 
Uh, he was not available, but he said, don't worry. They are avoiding Aaron Rodgers' contract like the plague. So I don't expect it to be touched. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There's Ken's, uh, Ken's update on Aaron Rodgers, which doesn't sound great. But, guys, um, I want to start a new segment. I, I have had enough of Packers Twitter where there's so much just hate and there's so much just nonsensical takes that come come around that um, I want to uh, have a Twitter troll voice and I want to have a segment every week where I find the, the worst Packers take that I can find and I want your reactions to it. So I'm trying to, f- like, in my head, cultivate this voice so... Over the next couple of weeks, I feel like it'll it'll come to fruition as to what the voice is. But um, we're going to start here, and we're going to get your reactions to everything. So, uh, Dusty, tell me why the Packers are better than they were at the end of the offseason when they lost in the NFC Championship. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Um it's not me. It's Twitter, dude. Uh, okay, okay, man. Uh, it's I know I know when you read your own tweets, Steve. It's fine. Uh, no, I mean I think I think uh, I don't know that they're I, better. I hate you so much. <laughs> thanks, thanks, man. Um, like better, I don't know. Like uh, that's the thing, and that's and that's it's a common common complaint about. Well, we're gonna complain because they didn't win the Super Bowl last year. They made the NFC Championship game two years in a row. Like it, a lot of teams would kill for that stuff. So. If they're better, it's it's another year in the system. It's another year of kind of growing these guys. Um, you know, Jair taking another step. Uh, Aaron Jones, you know, fifth year in the league, doing doing Aaron Jones things. I think the offensive line is likely taking a hit, but you're also banking on, uh, I think I've talked about this before, maybe, you know, a slight jump from MVS. Maybe we saw him, what he can do in this offense. So maybe that's just who he is. But if he takes a slight jump next year, uh, same with EQ, uh, full year of healthy Lazard, like, all of those things. It, to me, it's it's less of... And then also whoever they, they pick in the draft. Like, I think right now, and they've lost... You know, they obviously lost Lindsley. That stinks. This was a team that was good enough last year with a huge, with with a jump from, you know, year one to year two in the floor's offense to make the NFC Championship game, and they should have won that game. So, to me, it's like, <laughs> are they better on paper? They're probably about the same, but that was good enough to get to the NFC Championship game. But then you factor in these, these incremental... These incremental changes, these incremental, these guys getting just slightly better, and then you add in this infusion of talent. You know, more Dylan. I'm, I'm really excited. I think um, from picking one area, I think Dylan, Dylan and Aguara. Like I love, I love Jamal Williams. We all love Jamal Williams. But the 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 difference between the pairing of Jones and Williams and their skill sets versus Jones and Dylan, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Like those are just two wildly different sets. And Deguar out there, we talked about this. He looked really good when he was out there, and then he just he got injured, and that stinks. So I think being able to unleash him a little bit, hopefully a jump from Sternberger. Like again, on paper they're like roughly the same, but you get these incremental changes and an influx of talent in draft. Like I, <laughs> you don't need if you made the NFC Championship game and you maintain that, and you still have an MVP quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback with all those pieces, you don't need to get a lot better. You just need to get a little better, just to kind of get you over the hump. So. I don't know. That's that's my answer to who whatever uh, troll that was. I guess. Again, I'm not going to name the trolls. And dude, screw you. It wasn't me. Okay. I did not put that thing out. All right, buddy. But whatever. What? It's just uh, your burner. I leave uh, Skur Hatch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, we all know who that was. <laughs> 
Terry, you want to start hosting? I do not like this whole thing where both of you guys pair up against me. This is not fun. <laughs> I find this really annoying, but all right. Next up, Sarah, for you, we've got... Oh, my God. Why would you re-sign Kevin King? <laughs> oh, that's it? That's just the... Okay. Yeah, that was it. That was the tweet. It didn't I mean, say, okay, Sarah, but... We talked about this already. Um, and just... <laughs> I just can't get over that voice that you did. It's a bit, <laughs> it is something. It's it an something. outstanding troll voice. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Listen. For anyone that's concerned about this, I kind of alluded to this before. It's it's one year. It's not like the Packers said, oh, you know, we're going to just sign Kevin King for five years. Like, it's one year, not a lot of value. And like Dusty said, too, like they're they're probably going to draft other people and throw other people in the mix. This This shouldn't concern you. And the Packers have no money, so they can't really go out and get – maybe you know the corner that they're looking for and right now kevin king has been okay so they're like all right we have the money to at least keep him around see how things go and there it is so that's all i gotta say we talked about it at length before (laughs) all right let's wrap this up with the you know the obvious one that was coming justy if the Packers would have drafted TJ Watt, we wouldn't have even have to talk about Kevin King. He's he's right. I mean, I've I've said this at the time too. Was like, listen, man, if if Petten calls that 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 cover one man coverage uh, at the end of the the second the first half, and TJ Watt's on an island. Yeah, no, like he shuts that down. Like, he, you know, step for step with the receiver knocks that down. Like, I, I'm in total agreement. No, I mean, I, I'm i sick of anyone. I do not want it, it. To me, it's some of this is like a domino effect for me. It's a, if they draft TJ Watt, well, that means they likely don't don't go out and throw out big dollars at Zadaria Smith, right? Because they got to pay TJ Watt. So you're keeping him in-house, which means you don't bring in Zadaria Smith. There's a whole bunch of different kind of dominoes that fall there. And we all love Zedaria Smith. I love Zedaria Smith. I personally, I'd rather have Kevin King and Zedaria Smith than I would TJ Watt. Like, I, that's just, that's kind of the way that goes. So we're, we're past the rookie contract at this point. <laughs> Anyone who's still, anytime Kevin King's name come up, if your knee-jerk reaction is to say, but TJ Watt, you can stop saying TJ Watt at this point. That it should not factor in. This should not factor in because you're paying TJ Watt big money. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Stop. You need to stop the end. No, I'm sorry. They they would have signed Zedaria Smith, but they wouldn't have brought in Preston Smith, and there wouldn't have been this issue with this cap cut. Uh, so, no, you're, so you're I, completely so, wrong. So, okay. The Twitter troll is right. <laughs> okay. Thanks, man. <laughs> sorry. You, you guys, you, you blasted on me enough. I had to come back as you mm-hmm. But, um no, I like that. This is. I think this is going to be fun. This is going to be my new project: is finding the worst take on Packers Twitter every single week and bringing it to you guys. So I'm not going to do three all the time, but I, I think one every week is going to be good. So that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, let's let's jump in. We have a slew of uh, questions from fans. This is a lot of fun. Now you guys went way over the top, so we're going to get to all of them that we can. It's definitely not going to be all of them, but First one up, we've got from Scott. If you could sign one free agent still this offseason, who would it be? Sarah, let's start with you. That's a good question. Um, I think 
you know, we've talked about cornerbacks a lot and how the Packers can't really afford to go out and get a super high value um, cornerback. So I, I, I've talked, I think before, yeah, I have um, a couple weeks ago about how I think a guy like Richard Sherman would be really great for the Packers, just someone who has that veteran experience. But I don't know if the Packers have the money to pay him. Obviously, they're not going to, like, he's not going to get a max contract or anything like that, but he's still, like, a, a popular name, and with that comes more dollars. But a realistic pick might be, like, someone at linebacker um, just to kind of spice things up and bring more people to the mix. I know, um, I think Eric Wilson is still available, who played pretty well last year through some things after people were in injured um in minnesota I, he finished the year like 122 tackles three sacks three interceptions two fumble recoveries so somebody that's at least able to disrupt um on defense and obviously there's a new coach there so i think you know they packers go out and get new players they can mix things up a little bit um but in my honest opinion i don't really think the packers are going to go out and get too many more people i think that we've kind of hit the peak activity um, for the Packers this offseason, might see a few more restructures here and there, but that's about it. Yeah, and for me, I mean, I think the best year is probably behind him at this point. But, you know, we're looking at Packers cap and looking at money and all of that stuff. I I have long, long been a fan of Geno Atkins. I love Geno Atkins. And he was just like, go by the Bengals. He's, you know, he's going to be 33 when the season starts. Uh, didn't play a full year last year. It was kind of up and down when he was in. But I still think that that kind of almost like a Mike Daniels, like bowling ball type stature. Like I, it, I think he's got, you know, one or two good seasons left in him if, if he's played in the right role. So I think, you know, bringing him in uh, again, if you can get him on the right deal, if you can get him on, on low-ish money, uh, just because of, you know, maybe people are looking at him trending down and the defensive line in Green Bay being what the defensive line is like, I'd, I think he'd come in and, and really help out that line. I think just, just knowing kind of the again, kind of like a bowling ball, the destructive nature that he can be, what we've seen him do, the leverage he can create. Uh, I think Geno Atkins would be – I'd be all in on Geno Atkins. Like I said, I, I've loved him for a very long time. So seeing him in Green Bay, even if just for a season, I think would be uh, just be a ton of fun along that line. I'm also going defensive line as well. And I was thinking Kwan Short, who has not been signed yet. Uh, well, it'll be very interesting to see what kind of market he gets, what kind of money he gets. Because, I mean, defensive linemen have been signed already, like multiple ones. So, you know, Geno Atkins, is, as Dusty said as well, is also available. So, I mean, maybe he's looking for the right fit. Maybe he's looking for the right money. I don't know. But, man, if you can throw somebody like that next to Kenny Clark on the defensive line, uh, I mean – that's gold. Like that, that's some gold stuff right there. So, I would love something like that. Next up, we've got Dawn who wants to know cheese or caramel corn. Dusty, what is your preference on the popcorn side of the world? Man, I love popcorn. I've I've never gotten into the cheese stuff. Like whether that's like the orange, or I got a friend that's a big fan of the white cheddar. I for whatever reason, I've never been a fan of that. So I'm I'm either just the straight like movie theater butter. Uh, or like you know, just over Redenbacher butter, or out of those two, just caramel corn. Man, I love, love me some caramel corn. So, so for me, out of those two, it's it's caramel corn hands down. For me, it's the opposite. Um, I'm a big fan of cheese popcorn. I kind of forgot about it for a little bit just because it's not super <laughs> popular here in Florida. And then when we were talking about this question, and I saw it, I'm like, oh, that was the 
best. And I know there's some like specialty popcorn places or I've been to the farmer's market before and they have like specialty popcorn and the cheese or cheddar one is always so good. I mean, caramel, it's not bad. I'll eat it for sure. I'm never going to turn that down. But I think the cheese popcorn just does it for me because I want something like saltier and not as sweet when I'm, you know, itching for popcorn. But I mean, they're both great. Yeah, this one's very, very fascinating for me because normally, like, if you if it's if you give me one or the other, it's cheese. Like, I want the cheese popcorn. But the combination of the two, like, you know, grab a little bit of each and eat them together, it's always really good. And I had a, a had a response to Dawn that was like loaded up in Twitter, and it was Joey saying, "Put your hands together," and from friends. And I ultimately decided it was way too creepy for me to actually <laughs> respond that way. Uh, but yeah, like the, the combination, the, the salty, the sweet, like that's always like way better than just one or the other. So if I'm giving that combination. I can do that, then I'm going to take the combo. But if it's one or the other and I don't have a choice, then it's just going to be the cheese popcorn for me. Next up, Andy Herman. Never heard of this dude before. Mm. If Kevin King were an Oreo, what Oreo would he be? Dusty, tell me. I'm going to go peanut butter pie. I love, I've been on the record, and one of my favorite Oreos is just the peanut butter Oreo because it's. I think it's perfect. It's amazing, and that's your Jair Alexander. Now, the peanut butter pie is it's it's like a mix, like it's one of those like the mixed cream filling, where it's like half and half, you know. It's it's perfectly fine. Like it's if you eat one, like it's fine, but it's it's nothing special, and it's it, it's got to be. It's one of those things. Sometimes I feel like it tastes good, and other times like I I don't know. But like the, the ceiling is mediocre with with occasional spikes depending on my mood so i'm gonna go i'll go peanut butter pie because it can be good but for the most part it just kind of sits in the middle as like a eh, it's, it's fine so for me it's red velvet um and that's because i think red velvet oreos are pretty good sometimes you know they really just hit the spot and it's exactly what i want and what i'm looking for and other times i'm like mm, could have been better. That's how I feel about Kevin King sometimes too. Um, but I also think red velvet Oreos have the tools to make everything work. And Kevin King has the tools and the skills that he needs to be a good corner. And sometimes he just struggles to bring all of that together. So I'm going red velvet. I think I'm going to go Oreo thins because I, you know, it, it's a, it was a difficult decision for me, but I kind of like the comparison just because you get that taste of an Oreo where you really, really love it, but it doesn't give you everything you want. And I feel like that's that's Kevin King to a T, where he, he gives you the taste of like, oh, I'm going to be this amazing cornerback, but I'm going to blow like seven coverages through the, throughout the year. So, um, yeah, I think that's a it's a. Everybody's got a fair comparison for that. So, I mean, I, I kind of like that. Next up, we've got Keith, who is coming in with some Marvel stuff. He wants to know, is it just me or is Falcon and Winter Soldier going to tug even more at the heartstrings than WandaVision, given the mental health issues that are clearly present for both main characters? Sarah, we'll start with you because I know uh, this one's closer, close to your heart. Yeah, so I think 
it's going to tug on the heartstrings, um, but maybe in different ways than WandaVision. And I think, you know, these two shows in general are very different and they're hard to compare um, just from a material standpoint, right? Like I saw people say, oh, I think WandaVision is going to be way better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And it's like, okay, well, those are two very different styles. One is kind of like, it's more action and, um, the other is more drama and a little bit deeper storylines and things like that. So I think in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they are going to dive into the backstories of both Bucky and Sam, and we'll probably you know get to know more about them, what makes them who they are, some of the struggles that they face. Um, so I think it'll be emotional, um, and I definitely think you know mental health will be a topic, which I think is is honestly a big deal and a great thing that Marvel, you know, is doing that they're addressing some of those things head on. I I was really surprised in the best way to see in the first episode spoiler, you know, this isn't a major spoiler, but you know one of the characters was in therapy and I think that's really powerful that you take these superheroes that are supposed to be invincible and they're almighty but they still need to talk through things. Um and that kind of brings it back down to a human level of like, hey, you know, even though there are these super beings that can have super strength and do all this stuff, they still you know, need to talk things to talk through things too and feel emotions just like everybody else. So that's kind of, I think, you know, what they're going to address and maybe tackle some of that. Yeah, I mean, Sarah, you said that better than I could. I mean, that that's uh, more or less. I mean, I think it is. Like, it's going to tug at the heartstrings because that's the. It's what they do, and it's at the heart of some of this. And getting, getting, you know, digging more into these specific characters, getting that's that's part of it is being able to spend more time with these characters and seeing what makes them tick and seeing some of the fallout from some of these actions. Like, yeah, that's absolutely going to happen. But I think I just I don't know the 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 players in Wandavision, kind of the the stakes involved, the <laughs> the whole created a family uh, out of my extreme sadness and anguish, like it's going to be really hard to kind of reach those levels uh, for me in terms of like what, what WandaVision, especially the last episode or two, what the last, what those last episodes made me feel in WandaVision. I feel like it's going to be hard to top that. So like you said, I, I do think it's going to do that probably at a different level um, or at least in a different way than WandaVision did. But I think um, just, just the way, the way WandaVision kind of uh, spoke to me personally and kind of made me feel things in those last couple episodes, I feel like it's going to be hard to top that. I'm not putting it past anyone. And part of that, honestly, is the length of it because WandaVision was nine episodes. I think you spend time with them. And, and Falcon and Winter Soldier is six, and we've been through one. And so we've got five left, and the first one I liked, but it felt like a lot of setup. So I feel like we're just we're going to spend less time with them, and so I feel like that's that's kind of part of it. And again, just the the lack of kind of specific family stakes involved, I feel like it's not going to quite quite get me to that uh, that that the same way that WandaVision did. Yeah, I I agree. Like I feel like it it doesn't hit as much as being a parent and you know the whole the whole thing with uh, WandaVision and. The kids at the end of the like the end of the series and everything like that like that for me that that's where i hit in my heart i was like oh my god like i can't imagine sitting there and be like knowing that the universe is going to come collapsing in on it and my kids are going to go away and like i'm like not sitting with them or whatever like that was a, that was a moment i was like okay like that i was done and imagining winter soldier trying to like top that 
I'm I'm super excited to watch the rest of the the series, but I can't imagine them like hitting me deep in the in the feels like like that did. So, um, but very excited to watch all of it. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Next up, uh, we have our very own uh, Cheesehead TV, Maggie Loney. How big does a chicken nugget have to be to be kids before it's qualified as a chicken tender? Um, we've had some issues trying to qualify this. Does anybody have a good explanation that can be announced on the podcast i don't know i don't know i don't know like you both started laughing immediately i'll work on it here uh we'll say a chicken nugget more circular kind of round kind of the same all that, that that'd be for me almost like a like a like a silver dollar pancake or something it's kind of like a round thing whereas the chicken tender's got to be um a, a little longer than you know length of your hand or something i'd say like that's that's got to be it. I, I just a, a chicken nugget's got to be smaller and round, and chicken tender just just slightly longer than that. So that's I don't. If I get any more specific, I can't have a hard time describing that. But that's uh, that's the general definition I will give. Yeah the uh, the pre show <laughs> uh, dialogue about this was yeah we couldn't come up with a good description that wasn't dirty. So yeah, Sarah, do you have anything I? I want to. I want to spare you from this one. So, do you have anything? Or are you good? I mean, I was thinking about it more, and I guess a chicken nugget is is bite size, whereas a tender you might have to break it in pieces or take multiple bites. So that's maybe a way that you could differentiate the two. Like one, you could just eat it at once, and the other might take a little longer. I don't know. Okay. And I think I, I've got, in, in my head, I've got it as a chicken tender is three bites or more. If you can't finish a chicken nugget in two bites, it's not a chicken nugget. So three bites, you have a tender. Two bites or less, you have a chicken nugget. I think that's a uh, a, a pretty fair description. I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of, I'm proud of how this came out. Good job, guys. You didn't do anything. That was no. my description. And you just, what? Okay. No, I'm proud of you guys. Yeah, okay. I'm proud of all of us for getting through that, what we just got through. I'm very proud of all of us right now. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Jeff wants to know, does Goody know more about the Packers than the entire Packers fandom combined? Yes, that includes you three. Also, your favorite Easter dessert. Dusty, is Brian Gutekunst way smarter than all of us combined? What do you think? Yeah. I would hope I mean, so. <laughs> I mean, listen, like, I, I think sometimes I get stuck in a weird spot, right? Because I think sometimes the GM job is, is way, way easier in some respects than, than we all make it out to be, and in other ways, way harder. Like, this is his job that he spends a very long time doing and we can sit around and think about these things and look at Spotrack or whatever the devil it is we look at. But like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's his job and Russ Ball's job to manage this roster. Now, I mean, the, the important thing to keep in mind, it might not, not always be in a way you like, and it might not always be like someone like they think of like the Kevin King signing. 
you may like someone else, or you may not like that Kevin King is back, and that's perfectly fine. But you have to feel the full roster. And there's also, I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing that I was trying to think about, we talked about a little bit with, with the guys except Kevin King is back. There's more here than just skill guys. It's, you know, leadership and guys that are well-liked in the locker room and, and, and how that affects the team as a whole. It's not, if you pull Kevin King out or you pull someone out, how does that impact the rest of the team? Like, these are a lot of considerations that, like, honestly, the vast majority of us do not take into account. But a GM has to know that stuff. And maybe that doesn't factor into final decision all the time, but it's at least it's at, at least a factor. So, I mean, if we're thinking, again, if we, <laughs> we think even us, who I know talk and think about the Packers a lot, if we're like, well, we know more than Gutekunst, no, we don't, because that's his job. Now, you can disagree with the way he did it, and that's fine, but, like, he knows more about this team, what's in, what makes it tick, and regardless of what a lot of people want to believe – they're trying to win. He's trying to put this team in a position to win, not just now for the, for the future. And sometimes that's it's very hard decisions, but he's, I mean, I, I think from what we've seen, there's a few blips here and there and he's very good at his job. Uh, he's better. Hot take. Gutekunst is better at his job than I would be doing his job. Um, I know it's, listen, it's a shocker. No, so, no, no, no. You would be amazing as the offensive, you know, air, like, passing game play caller mm. i would be amazing as the gm that's okay. where we're yeah yeah okay that's where we're at yeah all right that's fine uh, <laughs> uh, uh what's the other one easter candy easter candy um easter candy i'm just i'm i don't know man i love the 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 reese's uh specialty stuff the reese's eggs they also have for easter they've got like the friggin' like the big reese's bunnies that are huge bunnies just filled with uh with peanut butter big fan big big fan of those so i'll just i'll go with that so for me the way i think of a gm when someone asks oh like do they know more about the packers than basically packers twitter and the packers blog sphere yes because that one person brian gudikins he has the knowledge of all of your favorite people that you follow combined. And he has to bring that all together and then figure out how to make decisions. So let's lay this out here. So we have Dusty, who's someone that's super knowledgeable about, <laughs> he's waving right now. You guys can't Hello. see it. <laughs> someone who's incredibly knowledgeable about the offense, the Packers offense, what it should look like, what type of players could come in and make an impact, what they're missing, what they need. Then you have someone like Ken who knows all about the Packers salary cap and what every move means and what moves they should and shouldn't make. Then you have people that absolutely focus on the draft, which those people are going to replace us in a couple weeks during the draft. Um, and they know everything about the draft. That's their Super Bowl. And they scout that all year long. Then there's people that love the defense and that they know everything about the defense and special teams and the list goes on and on and on. So you take all of those people, whoever's your person, and you have to combine all of their brains into one brain and that's Brian Gudikins. And that's how he makes the sh- makes good decisions and basically, you know, serves as that guy for the Packers. So I would hope that he is smarter and knows more than everyone else, because I kind of see him as an extension of everyone else's knowledge and he's kind of like the encyclopedia of the Packers. He has to know everything and not only know everything, but the implications of what every move could mean or what, if they don't make a move, what the implication of that could be too. So 
I don't know how he sleeps at night. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> After a couple spotted cows, everybody sleeps really well in Wisconsin. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but I honestly, I cannot. Honestly, I I don't think I can add anything else because that was perfect. Like, legitimately, that is exactly Brian. That is Brian Kudakun's job. And people on Twitter, we love you, but you're morons because, uh, yeah. Next up, Robin wants to know a London game seems inevitable for the team. So, do you embrace it or do you think it is a waste of a game? I'm all for it. and, but I am biased because I'm nearby in Scotland. Sarah, would you love to see a London game for the Packers? I would, but I need to go back because I forgot to answer the Easter candy question. So let me answer oh, that no. quickly. Oh, no. Um, so for me, it's the Easter sweet tarts that they they come in, like, instead of, like, the circular, circular usual sweet tart shape, they come in, like, little chicks or eggs and little different, like, Easter. So it's just normal sweet tarts? Yeah, but I don't know why they taste better than the normal ones. Like, I love sweet tarts. If they're in an egg egg shape? I don't know what they do. I feel like they pump more flavor into these (laughs) or something, or they're a little more sour, and I love sour candy. And so I always have sweet tarts on my desk. Um, But when it comes, like, when Easter comes around, they start pumping out. It's like in a green box instead of like the traditional pink, purple, and blue box. And I don't know. They're just really good. So that's my favorite. Not peeps because peeps are disgusting. And it's that time of the year where I have to walk by the aisle that's full of peeps at the grocery store. And I hate it. Ugh, I just got like goosebumps in the worst way. I don't. Uh, to, to be fair, I also did not answer this question, so I completely agree with Sarah. Peeps are disgusting, and uh, my my jam is Starburst jelly beans. Though, like those are, those are outstanding. Good. Those are yep, good. That's that's my jam for Easter. So, all right, Sarah, go ahead. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, peeps disgusting. What's not disgusting would be a Packers game in London. I would <laughs> absolutely love that. Um, it would be on really early in the day, which would be great. Um, could watch the game in the morning um, and then get everything else done, like grocery shopping and all those other things, meal prep that I usually do on Sunday, um, done later in the day. So I'm all for it. I also, I mean, that would be amazing. London is on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go there. So I think to actually like see it in person would be super cool too. But I'll take the early morning game. Then I have the rest of the day to do whatever I want. And then I don't have to wait all day. I hate waiting for the Packers play because I'm just watch more football. You know, you know, you're going to watch more football. I mean, yeah, I have that on and on my TV (laughs) while I'm cleaning and doing laundry and all the other stuff. So yeah, I'd I'd be all for it. I'm not, I'm not a season ticket holder. We go to one game a year. Um, So for the most part, I mean, you know, I love watching games in Lambeau, especially later in the year, just because you get the, the, the cold and the snow and, you know, love the atmosphere, but yeah, game in London. Yeah, why not, man? Like, like Sarah. Like, I want to talk myself into the fact that maybe I would go to that game because, like Sarah, London is a bucket list thing for me. I just, you know, I want to want to go over there. I want to see the sights. I want to hang out there a little bit. That'd be nice. Realistically, I probably will not go over there, uh, but it doesn't impact me one way or another. Uh, and at some point, it's got to happen. So yeah, yeah, hit a London game. The thing I love about the London games, and the same thing, but whenever they do the games in Mexico City, is you always get just 
just the random random jersey sightings in the stands like i just absolutely love those it's gonna be you know i don't know packers jaguars over there or something and there's just gonna be people with dan marino jerseys and stuff i love just the random jersey spotting it over there uh which is just kind of an added bonus to london game but yeah i'd be, I'd be all in favor of london game all right we've got eric thiel what kind of draft flexibility does the kevin king signing give to the Packers and the food question. Oh, nope. We've already got the favorite Easter candy. So let's talk some more. Kevin King. Uh, what's the, what kind of draft flexibility does it give to the Packers, Sarah? I mean, I don't think it really changes a lot. What um, they had before, I think they might, you know, we talked about this too. They might get one or two guys, um, whether it be a little earlier or later, and they can mix things around um, at that position. But I don't really think it like totally changes what their game plan is. I think there's still positions of need and places that they're going to look um, at and players that they're probably interested in. So I don't, as far as like flexibility, I I think most things will stay the same. I think I'm I'm generally in that boat. I mean, I think uh, if they've, I think the only the only place the only time it kind of changes is if they've got a guy in mind i think it, it makes it so they don't have to reach like if they've got to buy let's say like greg newsom or something in first round if they feel like he's a day one starter that he could step in and be that number one they don't feel the need to like trade up and draft him if they don't feel like he's going to fall if they also have a guy that's also highly rated on their board that they, maybe they can grab in the second round that maybe is slightly more of a project so like that i can see that scenario playing out where instead of giving up draft capital to go up and get that one guy you think you absolutely need this gives them okay we've got a year with king who you know is fine in that role for the most part a little inconsistent but we know he can hold down the job and at least be like you know a fairly like average number two on the other side of the field while we bring along this rookie that we can grab in the second or third round as a developmental guy i think it gives you that flexibility i don't know if that if they're actually going to do that or not but i do think it, it gives you to where it's the same thing I mean, the re-signing of Kevin king is almost the same thing you, you think of like free agency it's not necessarily the big the big splash guys it's the guys here and there that can plug holes so you don't have to reach in the draft so you can do best player available as opposed to drafting for need so i think it gives them it gives them the ability to to uh, go that route if they need to. If they feel like there's a developmental guy second or third round and can't plug that hole for a year, it gives them that flexibility. Again, I don't know if they're going to go that route, but that, that seems like that's that's the benefit that I think King gives you. It's it's hard to knock it, but I mean, I think to me, I think both of you guys are right. Like it's they're they're it's a value thing with Kevin King, and then it's they're going to draft what they can. Um, in the in the draft as far as cornerbacks go like they're gonna try to find the best value available but you also have to look at offensive tackle you also like there's multiple things they have to look at so uh it there's always guys that drop so it's gonna be a really really fun i i love the draft you guys know that i'm a freaking Hmm. a nerd so it's gonna be a fun one uh next up we've got matthew who wants to know what are your spring and summer sports watching alternatives to the nfl and food portion uh crunchy or creamy and why so dusty what are you watching sports wise that is not the nfl i love baseball 
I love baseball so much. I mean, as I've gotten older, I've had to kind of, you know, when I had kids, I had to kind of cut back some of my sports stuff. I get so invested in NFL that I used to be big into uh, basketball and hockey as well. But I kind of had to choose and dial some back. So I've got football and then big baseball guy. And I'm a, I'm a Tigers fan, a longtime Tigers fan since I was a kid. And they're going to be terrible. And they were terrible last year. But I'll still watch, you know, 75, 90% of their games. Um, I, I just... I love baseball so much. That's that's always kind of my big thing. I, I love the the one th- I hate that I hate that the playoffs of baseball and the start of football season kind of line up because I just I love just baseball in general. I love the baseball playoffs and I, I hate that the beginning of football kind of detracts from that a little bit. Like just as baseball's kind of ramping up in postseason. But that's my big sports thing. I again I don't care if they're bad. I, I love watching the Tigers. Love watching baseball. Um what was what was the second part of that? The um crunchy or creamy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, um, you know, I used to be a crunchy man. As I've gotten older, it's it's like creamy. I don't, it spreads better on the bread. It just it spreads better on the bread. That's basically what it comes down to. So you can't process it as much. It's not. It's not that issue. <laughs> it's not that issue. It's it's really it's it's easy. I don't like. It's like you got to overcome it when you're when you're spreading. I don't. I don't like that. I like I like the uh, like the easy spread of uh, of creamy. Okay. For me, um, it's pretty much basketball and soccer. So I know right now it's March Madness. I love that every year. I always make a bracket and get really annoyed at it. But it's whatever. It's fun. I like it. It's a fun thing to do with my friends. And my family gets involved with it, too. Um, soccer is always a big one for me, um, just because there's always a lot of soccer between um, the MLS and the NWSL. And then also I'm a big fan of the women's national team and they usually have friendlies in the summer um but i mean this summer we're supposed to get the olympics so that will be really awesome if that if they can pull that off and that happens but yeah it's really basketball and soccer for me and you know every two years basically um there's the world cup in the summer it's always the men's is the year before and then the next year it's the women's so that's something i get really into and that's i mean i played soccer for like 15 years ish so it's like um that that's there's obviously like i'm very passionate about that and i like watching soccer i think i and i I watch premier league too but i honestly think i watch soccer more now that i don't play it because before i was so busy playing and i was like i can't watch and play that's just too much happening and now it's like oh i can enjoy this and kind of miss it when i watch it but way too out of shape for that so i just enjoy it um and yeah with basketball with nba like i don't really have i mean like i obviously like i root for the bucks and i hope for the best for the magic just living in florida that's kind of how it's always gone but um i'm not like particularly passionate about any of the teams i'll just kind of flick it on if it's on tnt or tbs and have it on while i'm doing stuff around my place um, okay, and pe- then, peanut butter. Yes, I'm. I've always been um, a fan of creamy over crunchy. I just, for the same reason you said, Dusty, it's just a texture thing for me, and it's also a lot easier to spread. Like I'm thinking of convenience when I'm like hurrying up and trying to make lunch, or I'm making lunch while I'm on the phone on a meeting, and it's just easier. So I don't know. I think it tastes better. I don't really like. I feel like crunchy can almost be like a surprise. Like I'm like, oh, I didn't ask for that. I just wanted peanut butter. I didn't ask for all that extra stuff. So um, I, I don't think it's bad, but I just 
definitely prefer creamy. Okay. As far as me for going for watching sports, I honestly, I, I don't do much. I don't have cable. I don't uh, do that kind of stuff. And especially with the pandemic going on, I don't have a lot of sports I watch. I I keep track with the Brewers scores because that's I mean I love it but I'm I'll be honest I'm not gonna pay extra for it I'm not gonna figure out a way to watch the Brewers games I'm not gonna do that but um, yeah I mean if if the Brewers games are on normal TV I'd totally watch it but outside of that I, I mean I watch my kids uh, play sports outside I do that kind of stuff but that's about all I got. Um, and as far as peanut butter, you guys are just idiots. I don't like you get a little, you get creamy and then you have a little bit of texture and you're like, no, I want the creamy peanut butter. No, you want the texture in your peanut butter. Like you want that. Like there's people that add chips to their peanut butter jelly sandwiches on purpose. Like that's what you want. I want, I want the crunchy peanut butter every single time. So uh, thank you guys as always for all the questions amazing ones this week though it was a, it was so much fun for us as, as always but uh dusty sarah let's let's finish this off as always uh what are your closing thoughts sarah let's start with you yeah i don't really have any this week except you know the usual my my dms are open if anyone ever needs to chat i know um it's been a tough few months for everybody now and just a lot of things happening that are stressors and that are, you know, disappointing at the same time. So I'm here if anybody needs me. Um, I'm happy to talk through some things. I know um, even if it's not about Packers, it's just about life. And I've had quite a few of you now just DM me and talk about Marvel, which is great. Love doing that always. So um, whatever you guys need to talk about or if you need somebody to talk to, just, you know, I think I can speak for all of us when I say that we're here um, and our DMs are always open. On a completely different note, um, I don't know who has been following along with the cinnamon toast crunch shrimp debacle, <laughs> but in the middle, this is actually breaking news. Um, just posted a few minutes ago while we're recording. Um, the original guy that posted about this and, um, you know, that started this whole saga said, I'm happy to report that a Carcanologist, which is a crustacean researcher that works at the NHMLA, is going to morphologically identify the shrimp using microscopy, and he will work with a team of researchers to use DNA to try and identify the shrimp down to species. So I guess that's the thing that's happening. I think this is absolutely insane. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we're food people on this podcast. We love talking about food, but this is just next level that I can't believe something like this is happening and only the internet could be a result of this. So that's all I have to say about the Cinnamon Toast Crunch saga, but I really just had to get that off my chest. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just type in Cinnamon Toast Crunch on Twitter and you <laughs> will see it. So. I'm still going to eat cinnamon toast crunch. I mean, I'm just, I just... I almost didn't. had it before we mm. recorded. Like, I was like, hmm. <laughs> I like cinnamon toast crunch and shrimp. So they're trying to scare me off of this or promote me, try to get me to eat it. I'm, I'm unclear. Um, yeah, echo everything Sarah said in terms of, you know, we're, we're here. DMs are open. Uh, if you need anything, reach out. It, it does feel like, you know, some of the stuff, I know 
vaccines out there. The light seems to be at the end of the tunnel, but it's still <laughs> a little further off uh, than, than a lot of us. And me personally would care to admit. So, uh, so yeah, it's, we're all, we're all struggling through, man. So if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, in terms of stuff I'm working on, I had last week, I released a, uh, <laughs> a piece on the Lombardi sweep that I spent entirely too much time on. That was a lot of fun kind of digging into the history of that. Uh, this week I've got nothing, but next week it's going to hit with the uh, Favre Horizon pass that opened up scoring in Super Bowl 31. I'm digging back in. I've, I've uncovered, like I'm like diving deep into a very specific rabbit hole here. Um, uh, I, I uncovered something. There's this thing. I assume I don't know if you guys have seen the America's Game segment on the '96 Packers. Uh, there's there's a, a part where Rogers is ta- or Rogers Favre is talking about that specific play, and he's saying that he was watching the Niners Super Bowl Super Bowl 24, and how Montana was checking to Black 59 Razor, and then he threw a touchdown. And Favre was like, "We've got that play," and that's what brought up his mind. The play on America's Game is a lie. The, the audible does not does not tie to the play it shows, which is. It blowing my mind. Um, I came across that a few days ago after digging in, but that's beside the point. It's all beside the point. Um, so I'm getting back into, you know, the the kind of the, the Walsh offense, which you know, the 89 49ers team, that was the first uh, season with Holmgren at the helm. Walsh had left, so Seifert was there. So digging back into that initial play, I'm finding as much stuff on that as I can, and then kind of tying that into how that played into both coverage and scheme into the, uh, the, the Favre Horizon touchdown Super Bowl 31. So I, again, it's one of those things. I feel it, it interests me a lot, which is why I'm digging in. I have zero idea how anyone else is going to uh, to react to this or care about it, but I'm having a blast. So that's going to be next week uh, that that play is going to come out. Um, but if you haven't already, I, I, I spent a bunch of time on the Lombardi sweep that came out last week over on Cheesehead TV uh, that I think was really great. It was really fun. So if you haven't read that one, you can do that. And uh, next week we'll have uh, Far of the Horizon, and it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yes, I, I just want to make sure you don't know how the reaction to Favre to Ryzen is going to go. How was hmm. the reaction to the Lombardi sweep? Uh, please tell me. It went well. It's a very good did reaction. It, go, well, very good, good reaction, reaction to Lombardi sweep. Which I saw good. lots and lots and lots of quote tweets from like famous ass people that uh, yeah, yeah, liked went, what you were doing. It went shockingly well. Yeah, I was not, not sure how that was going to go, but yeah, it went. Went remarkably well, yeah. so I'm hoping same I'm reaction. Still for not this sure how the rise and stuff's gonna go. Okay, it's, so you're just you're just gonna slow play it. Okay, he's I just humble. Make sure. He's humble. He's, he's, he's it's called it's called imposter syndrome, Steve, and I am lousy with it. Him and his twelve thousand followers, no biggie, you know. Uh, I care about it. I have no idea if anyone else does. Like, I legitimately do not know if people care about the depth that I'm oh currently my. diving into for this, but. Yes, they do. Oh my goodness! Yes, I'm having a blast. Yeah, they absolutely, they absolutely care about it. So, um, I legitimately have no other things to talk about Packerwise, but on the plus side, I did get my first uh, COVID vaccine shot tonight. So that was very exciting. I am very happy. Uh, Shout out to any of the um, healthcare workers that are that are out there doing that kind of stuff like that. Like it was, it was down to a T. Like they had it just nailed. I walked in at four thirty. I was out of there at four fifty-five, and I had got my shot, gotten everything like done, registered with insurance, done. Like it was just thoroughly impressive. So, um, 
obviously we love you guys all uh that do everything for us on twitter but uh in the other world like thank you to all the healthcare workers that are doing that kind of stuff so um outstanding work as always guys um we've got one more week i think of the twitter troll voice before we get into uh packers draft so we will be taking like a was like a month and a week ish break i think that's yeah, right sounds right um yeah so there will be a lot of pack a day podcast uh coverage for all the drafts we will be uh off for it but uh you know as as always you can hit us up on twitter at dusty evely at sarah keller for sc per and we'll we'll definitely help you guys out um if you have anything going on but Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back for one more week. Uh, if you have any uh, of the best horrible takes for Packers Twitter, hit me up. I would love to hear it. But um, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. And as always, go Pack Go!